Welcome to Orphans No More, a media extension of Justice for Orphans, a ministry dedicated to rally the church for the cause of the fatherless, inspiring, educating, and equipping believers to care for vulnerable children, and supporting those who have heard and heeded the call of James 127. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. That is Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Welcome to Orphans No More, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children in crisis through adoption, foster care, and kinship care. I'm your host, Sandra Flack. Thank you for joining me today. September is national, actually it's international, Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Awareness Month, and we dedicated all of our episodes throughout September to the topic of FASD. If you haven't listened to our other episodes yet, I invite you to check them out so that you can learn more about adoption, foster care, trauma, and how FASD affects all of that. In fact, FASD impacts a disproportionate number of children in child welfare, but it's not just foster care and adoption that's impacted. In fact, one in 20 American children have been prenatally exposed to alcohol. It's more prevalent than autism. Autism impacts less than 2% of the population, while FASD actually impacts 5%. Alcohol exposure, affects the structure and the function of the brain. Now, I'm a parent of five adopted children, two are diagnosed FAS, and two adults really should have been, right? I share my family's adoption journey on this podcast all the time, but also in my book, uh, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. It's available everywhere books are sold. If you order it through Amazon, after reading it, please leave a review. I would greatly appreciate that. If you'd like a signed copy, which includes a special gift bookmark, you can order the book on my website, sandraflack.com. There you'll also learn more about me, this podcast, read my blog, which I really write to foster and adoptive parents, especially moms. You can contact me for speaking opportunities. My sandraflack.com website is connected to our Justice for Orphans website. Justice for Orphans is our nonprofit ministry. And um, this podcast is a ministry of Justice for Orphans. Um, and so you would you would check out our website, justicefororphansny.org, to 
learn more about the work that we do, including an awesome resource page. If you go to the, our homepage at justicefororphansny.org and click the resource button, scroll down a little ways, we have a whole bunch of FASD resources. My favorite books, uh, podcasts, and websites and trainings um, that you can, all links to everything that you can find easily. And since this is our last September episode, I want to wrap up our FASD series by sharing some of my family's challenges, offer you some hope, and at the end of this show, I'm going to pray for you and your family. So hang in there with me um, till the end. Now, I opened this episode with the scripture about the widow's mite, uh, those two little copper coins the widow put in the offering. They might seem meager to the average bystander, but Jesus knew, right? He knew she gave all she had to give. He noticed. And friend, are you feeling like that widow giving your all to your family, especially your adopted children or the children that you are fostering, feeling like no one gets it because unless our friends and family members are also foster and adoptive parents, they really don't get it. No one understands as well as those of us in this community on the same journey. But Jesus sees you, I see you, I get it too as, a, as an adoptive mom, we get it. Recently, I had the opportunity to lead an FASD panel discussion at CAFO, the Christian Alliance for Orphans Annual Summit. We just got back from Cincinnati. Um, It was an amazing time. And this year, I had the opportunity to lead a panel discussion on FASD. And I invited adoptive moms, Aubrey Page of the Change Starts Here Collaborative, Chris Trout of the Papillon Center, an adult adoptee with FASD, Rebecca Tulu. All three of these ladies have been recent guests on this podcast, and we got to collaborate together and share about behavioral symptoms of FASD, what accommodations work for our families. Rebecca, as an adult with FASD, was able to share her greatest challenges and the supports and the um, accommodations that work best for her. We did a Q&A at the end, and um, it was uh, a great time. We were sharing together the good and the bad, and I, I sort of took the temperature in the room when we began because I wasn't sure who's who really are the people in the seats, right? Who are we speaking with? Um, and half of the parents in the room raised their hands to, to um, state that they have children diagnosed with an FASD and the other half of the parents in the room raised their hands uh, to show that while they don't have a diagnosis, they think this might be what they're dealing with on the day to day, right? So that seems to be how it typically goes. We either have a diagnosis or we, we know we're suspecting that's what we are dealing with um, and but but we're really not sure so that's why I try to be a voice on this podcast as a parent with diagnosed kids and having received some training myself and learned the vast majority are undiagnosed or misdiagnosed I want to be FASD informed and I want to help you become FASD informed as well, but not just informed, like we need to know the stuff, right? But we also need to be supported, encouraged, and equipped because it is hard. 
And like I said, th- that's another reason why we have the, the list of my favorite resources. I I every week listen to Natalie Vecchione's FASD Hope podcast. Every week I listen to um, Robbie Seal's uh, FASD Family Life. She's amazing. And I listen to um, Jeff Noble's FASD Success. I listen to those podcasts every week because I need to continually hear from others in this space, learn from each other, know that I'm not alone, learn some stuff that I can apply with my own family. And um, it's vital. The books, you know, my favorite books, there's excellent books that you can read. And there are other websites out there that offer trainings that are FASD specific for um, not just the professionals, right, but the parents. So that's all on that website. Again, you can go to justicefororphansny.org and click on resources and scroll down and you'll see my list of all my favorite FASD resources. Now, also starting, I think in February, January, February, um, I'm going to be participating in the FACETS year-long facilitator training so that I can offer more informed FASD content here on the podcast as well as on our website and in the way of in-person and online trainings for specifically for foster and adoptive parents and for agencies and, and schools and anyone working with kids in this space. Um, Along the way, I'm going to share what I learn. Uh, So keep listening to this podcast, share it with other foster and adoptive parents as well. And this is not an FA, Orphans No More is not an FASD specific podcast. It's more of an adoption and foster care specific podcast. And we talk about trauma and we talk about all of those things that affect uh, our families. And FASD is a huge part of that, whether we realize it or not. So it is a big part of the conversation as is trauma, as is strengthening our faith for this journey and how God called us into this journey and our our stories as to why. Um, And just we need some of that inspiration, right? And that encouragement. So that's what this podcast is really all about. And we just want to make sure that you're getting something of value for your time for tuning in. Now, not only is September FASD Awareness Month, it's typically the month our kids return to school. So how's that going for you? Over the past year, I have shared on this show how my two teen boys with FASD have struggled in school. One, due to the changes brought on by COVID and uh, all of the protocols and rules and restrictions and things that our school district put into place um, with good intentions, but collateral damage, uh, kids, especially kids with trauma histories uh, and or things like FASD don't do well with. Um, and then my other son, Uh, started going off the track his senior year. He just graduated in June, but his senior year, and he was a kid who never gave us any trouble. Uh, We adopted him when he was three. He just turned 18. He never gave us any trouble, but um, those teen years, when you get into that stage and that transition, like he knew he was coming up to his senior year and what next, it just really threw him. And we faced some challenges with him throughout his senior year. Um, and, you know, 
those primary characteristics of FASD really flare up during the teen years. And I have a 16 and an 18 year old and yeah, we're, we're living the life, so to speak. Now, our senior son graduated and you know we're navigating everyday life with an 18 year old who is developmentally more like a 12 year old and you know with him we're dealing with things like dismaturity impulsivity memory problems challenges with cause and effect and abstracting and mood regulation fun fun i know i love to listen to robbie seals um fasd family life and she always says the phrase any idea is a good idea when it comes to our kids it's like chase that shiny object and really that's what it's like only it's scary when they're 18 because when my son is driving and he's working um but yet he he isn't necessarily able to discern this is a good idea or I shouldn't do this because of that or you know and he's always sort of like he's got a side hustle going all the time right now he's getting people's uh, donated scrap steel and he's scrapping it and getting some money for it and you know any idea is a good idea with that so we're trying to help him navigate that so he's not making poor decisions but yeah well I'm 18 I know what to do I can do whatever I want to do I'm 18 and so that kind of stuff we're navigating and it's it's um can be very very challenging and then our son who's 16 in October I began homeschooling last October so a whole year ago and if you've been a regular follower of this podcast you you remember me navigating that when I was trying to figure out is this the best thing to do for our son and we pulled him out of his public school education classroom last October a year ago he just was not able to learn in the environment created by the COVID protocols and I kind of had that thought in my head as we went throughout the summer of 2020 like will this kid really go back to school would he be better off if I homeschool Um, what's going to be best for him so I kind of had it in the back of my mind that this may be something you know the direction that we go Uh, and once he started school back in September of 2020 20 uh it became clear this was this was really not working really well and after perfectly considering his needs and looking at the options we decided he will be homeschooled and not just this year but from here on out because it, especially with what i was dealing what we were dealing with with our older son kind of going off the rails his senior year having never given us any trouble before our younger son uh, has many more struggles and although he hasn't given us any real trouble either other than the day-to-day that you navigate with someone with an FASD, um, we didn't want a negative outcome. And we felt the longer he's home with us and we're in charge of who he's socializing with and where he's going and what he's exposed to, we, we will have a better outcome with him. So We're homeschooling from here on out, which is a bit of that widow's might offering from the verse I read at the beginning, because it's all I got, uh, but I'm giving it all because my son needs it, and I know it. Me and Jesus, we know it, right? My husband got to see it firsthand. We all, we know that this is what's best for him, and I'm no stranger to homeschooling. 
right? After a few years in Christian school, God called us to homeschool our kids. I have eight kids. My oldest is 32 and married, and I have grandchildren. But when my oldest, uh, when he started school, he did kindergarten through fifth grade in private Christian school. Some of the other kids were kindergarten and third grade and fourth grade. Um, And then in, in, in 2001, we really felt compelled that the Lord was calling us to take them out and uh, and begin homeschooling them. So that began our journey into homeschooling. 2001, we jumped in with both feet and swam that stream, which sometimes felt like a raging river, for 16 years. At one point, I was homeschooling at the most seven kids at one time in various grades, Never, never anticipating that we would ever put our kids in public school. Like I was in it all the way. When, when God calls, I'm in, I'm all in. But then after graduating the oldest six and having our two youngest kids home with FASD, the Lord called us to something we felt was quite radical for us anyway. Uh, we, he called us to put them in public school. We'd never had a single one of our kids ever in public school. Um, but I was spending my days running them to occupational therapy and physical therapy and speech therapy and one needed vision therapy. And there was all these things going on. And I had two kids at home who, who uh, we were either running to services or when we were home, They needed one-on-one instruction and I couldn't have both of them in the same room at the same time or like one would breathe and the other one would have a meltdown. Like it just wasn't working and it felt like the last two years that I was trying to keep things afloat, they weren't learning what they needed to learn. I really felt like I was failing them and the Lord, when he put that in front of us to put them in school, I was really afraid but felt like I needed to step out in faith. And the Lord kind of showed us some things along the way to confirm like, this is what I want you to do. This is what I'm calling you to do. So all of a sudden I found myself as a parent with all of these, with my two kids in school. And while I had been all along, we established this ministry, Justice for Orphans, and I had been doing our radio show where I would go into the radio studio every other week and record. Um, We had after the kids got in school, we it was then that we implemented Care Portal, which is a big part of what our nonprofit does. So all of a sudden, the kids are in school, our, our nonprofit ministry becomes super busy, and my day was spent running the ministry. I'm the executive director, I was leading all of that. We were busier than we ever were before, and it was like, God's timing, you know? We were never that busy while I was homeschooling, but then we put the kids in school, and then within a few months, this opportunity arose. We began doing Care Portal, and it was going great. I was used to going out. I could go to meetings. I could meet with churches. I could meet with agencies. All of these things we were able to do, and I had the time to do it because my boys were in school, right? And they got all of their services and supports there and the ministry was growing and our boys were doing great until they weren't. And that was really last year, 2020, when the when COVID suddenly caused things to shut down, right? That combination of COVID and the teenage stage for my kiddos, um, for your family, it could be something different, right? But when it comes to kids from hard places with trauma histories or and or 
prenatal exposure to alcohol or other substances. As we are walking by faith, pouring out, giving our all, as our kids informed and equipped advocates, we need to make the sacrifices that will help our children become successful adults. Now, I know we can't control the outcome, but we must, in good faith, step out in obedience in whatever God has called us to do. We've already stepped into the messy world of adoption and foster care, but that's only the beginning of the road. And the journey is hard, but there is treasure to be found. And I love Luke chapter 12, verses 32 through 34. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. These verses also speak of suffering, right? More suffering, more giving. But it also speaks of treasure. And as we, the parents, the caregivers, as we pour out and serve our children, our trauma, FASD-informed parenting that we need to develop, we may be running to medical appointments, surgeries, hospital visits, dragging them to OT, PT, speech and other therapies, counseling, play dates, educating ourselves, you know, in trauma, in FASD or whatever label or diagnosis our kids may have, um, educating others, family members and school um, teachers and, and administrators, you know, and maybe yes, maybe even homeschooling if necessary, or maybe even getting a puppy. Now, That's another episode and it's coming because the puppy thing is a thing and I'll be talking about that in a very soon episode. Um, Those sacrifices, all of that that I just listed, are not only an investment into kids, our kids, but also into the kingdom of heaven. And none of it is missed by the Lord. I wasn't ever planning on homeschooling again. I sold all of our curriculum. I had nothing, nothing. But here I am resuming my homeschool mom career because my son needs it. So now I'm spending my mornings devoted to him in homeschooling, the emails, the phone calls, the things I have to do for our ministry has that has to wait. I spend the first half of the day homeschooling and then I switch gears and I spend the rest of the day on the ministry stuff. And that's great, but it's crazy because it's a sacrifice. And most often my husband will come home from work and I'll be like, oh yeah, dinner, I got nothing because I have all of this. And my, my husband is wonderful. He's flexible. He gets it. Um, but it's, it's definitely not an easy road, you know, and I, not all of us are called to homeschool. I was called to homeschool, then I wasn't called to homeschool, now I'm called to homeschooled again. But I'm pretty sure if you're like me, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that if we're in this foster care and adoption space together, we have some commonalities. And one of those is we'll do whatever our kids need 
so that they can be successful. We'll accommodate, we'll do what's necessary. And I love hearing the homeschooling stories from my, my friends Cindy LaJoy and Natalie Vecchione. And they have a great book out called Blazing New Homeschool Trails because homeschooling, you know, back when I homeschooled my older kids, it was like, you know, polo shirt, denim jumper, Everybody's got to, you know, be studying Latin and play the violin and all that. And well, first of all, my kids were never really cut out from that cloth. Even my biological kids, they were more like the snowboarding, you know, drum playing, guitar playing. Do we have to do school today kind of kids? They were some of them, some of them liked their curriculum, but it was like all different stuff, right? We weren't the traditional homeschool family. And now, you know, with my kids with FASD, there's no such thing as traditional. It's we're doing whatever my kid needs us to do to be so he can be successful. So it's completely different. But whatever the Lord calls me to do for my kids, I'm going to walk that out in obedience. And I'm guessing that you're probably in that same camp. So what is the Lord calling you to do? How is your school year going? Do you homeschool? Do you public school? Do your kids private school? Or maybe it's something else. What sacrifice are you being asked to make in this area of adoptive and foster parenting? Send me an email. I really, really would love to know. You can email me directly at sandraflackjfo at gmail.com. Love to hear from our listeners. And if there's a topic that you want to discuss that I haven't discussed recently, or if you have a question on how I do whatever it is I might do, drop me a line and I will answer your question on the podcast. I will I always answer those things. I share the stories and things that um, I'm learning and hearing. So please drop me a line. But what I really want to do now is I want to close out this episode by praying for you and your family and your kids, um, because I know this is hard, but together, we're in it together. Jesus has us, right? And I'm gonna pray for you, uh, and then I'll have some closing remarks at the end. Um, But I really wanna end this month of FASD episodes really covering you in prayer. So let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for every single person listening to this podcast. I thank you for every weary parent, or maybe they're not weary and they're having an awesome day, praise God. But I kind of think that we all have those days where we're feeling weary and we need someone to hold up our arms. And I pray, Father God, for the those listening that are feeling that way, that they need someone to hold up their arms, that you will send a, a, an Aaron, right, to, to help hold up the arms. Send the support people and the help that they need. I pray that you would open doors for training and for resources and for respite and for whatever their children and their families need. I thank you so much for these parents that have said yes to you, adoptive and foster and kinship caregivers. I thank you for them. I lift them up to you and I pray for a supernatural heaping helping of strategy and encouragement and strength and 
what they need to get through the day. We all are, our, our walks are all a little bit different, but a little bit alike in some ways too. I lift up marriages because, oh boy, does this have an impact on our marriages. I lift up marriages that you would strengthen, that you would get husbands and wives on the same page, that you would help them to have a compassion for one another and their different roles and the dynamics in their family, that you would provide opportunities of refreshing, provide date nights, provide respite, and that families would come to understand, couples would come to understand that they need connection with each other in order to stay the course throughout this journey. They also need connection. We need connection with you, Lord, because you are our strength and where our help comes from. I pray for siblings also who are living this journey, whether they're also adopted or fostered siblings, or there are biological siblings who kind of have to cope with this and navigate this with us. I pray for grace and strength and patience for siblings. And I pray for healing in sibling relationships and and that you would help strengthen sibling relationships. I pray for school situations with with administrators and teachers and resources and therapists and all of those things things that we have to navigate with the IEPs and all of that, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you will strengthen and equip and give wisdom to parents when navigating those areas and that you would open up doors of opportunity for children to be successful in school with the supports that they need. And when it's a situation where it is not good for our kids, I pray that you would close that door and open another one, be it homeschooling or something else, God, but that you would direct steps and and that you would lay out the strategies and the plans for our kids. And I, I pray, Lord, I thank you for our kids who you created in their mother's womb. You knit them together, even when they've been prenatally exposed to a substance or to alcohol, they are still created by you and made in your image. And I pray, Father God, that you would continue to direct their steps and that you would that you would help parents and caregivers and school teachers to provide the accommodations that are necessary. And I pray, Father God, that you would help their strengths and gifts and talents to rise up to the surface and that that you would help us as parents and caregivers to mine for gold, the treasure within our kids. And I pray, Father God, that you would just bless our children, direct their steps, Father God, help them in every way to be successful and help us to accommodate, help us to discern and to have the wisdom that we need, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us each one of us to walk in our God-given strengths and purposes. We just love you, Lord. We love our kids. And we pray, Father God, that you would just come in and, and guide us and strengthen us and help our families so that our kids will be successful and that you will be glorified. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Oh, so thank you for listening today. I hope you were inspired by the show. Remember, check out all of our September FASD episodes. Also, my article 
about FASD was just recently uh, published on the Focus on the Family website, so you can check that out. And if you remember my interview uh, way back on episode 261, we um, I, I interviewed Judge Andra Ackerman. She uh, is a, an adult who grew up in spent a few years in foster care as a kid, born to an alcoholic mom. She is now a county judge in my area, and we are now collaborating on um, judges school. She calls it judges school because she's a judge, but just like a lot of professions where um, uh, people have to do continuing education, right? Well, apparently so do judges and attorneys. So um, she wanted the judges school to, to focus on fetal alcohol spectrum disorders so that judges and attorneys would really begin to understand a lot of what they're seeing in the courtroom and dealing with. Um, And so I'm privileged to be able to be part of that panel. That is something that we are doing in October, and I can't wait to share more about how that went out. But that is a lot of the stuff that that we're starting to be able to do, um, and it's 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 super important to to be FASD advocates and bring about that awareness. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, JusticeForOrphansNY.org, um, where we have an entire resource page dedicated to trauma and FASD, and uh, also. Speaking of resources, don't forget my personal website, sandraflack.com, where I blog regularly to um, foster and adoptive parents, especially moms enjoy those, those blog posts. So I invite you to check that out. You can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook at Sandra Flack, uh, Sandra Flack author. I'm on Instagram at Sandra Flack underscore JFO. And Justice for Orphans has both a Facebook and an Instagram. So I hope you check all of the above out. Um, Love connecting with you on social media. You can email me, reach me through the website, um, whatever works best for you. I look forward to hearing from you if you choose to reach out. And again, thank you for listening. I am so grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Orphans No More. I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to Orphans No More, for sharing what you've heard and praying for vulnerable children everywhere. We hope you are inspired to walk out James 127 in whatever way God calls you. For more information, visit justicefororphansny.org.